the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's the one thing today. God wants you to live beyond your wildest dreams. He wants you to live according to his dreams. But the only way you're going to live according to the dream that God has for you is to have the mind of Christ. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Go through things that are difficult. I just begin to say, God, what are you up to? How do you want to be glorified in this? What do you want me to get out of this classroom stage of my life? If not, I'm always thinking God's just out to get me. He's trying to kill me. Am I single minded? Single minded. Do I always consult the Lord when I'm making a decision? Am I learning new things about the Lord that strengthen and confirm the earlier things I've learned? Am I at a different place in my faith journey today than when I first became a relationship with Jesus Christ? The problem, the sickness, the reason that so many churches across this land are dying is because we made it about walking across the finish line when I raise my hand or I pray a prayer and I begin a relationship with Christ. And so, so many of us grew up in a setting where we were content with, hey, I've got a relationship with Jesus and I go to church and we don't think about how am I being conformed into his image? How am I growing? How do I look differently? Lowly. Am I lowly? That's another one. If if I have the mind of Christ, I'm lowly. Remember, he humbled himself. Am I growing more humble before God and others? This should be a natural stage of life. I'm telling you, the older I get, the more I recognize what I don't know. I wish I knew what I thought I knew when I was 22. Hello. Am I growing less ambitious for self and more ambitious for God's kingdom? Now, just think about that, you who are retirees. When I get to that stage of life, am I saying, oh, I finally arrived. Now I can focus on me. Or am I saying, God, thank you for letting me to spend my life getting to this point. Now I want to spend the rest of it investing in your glory. Pure. Do I interpret my circumstances with the understanding that God is always with me? Do I see God working every day and recognize his hand at work in me? And then responsive. I love this one. Am I growing in my thirst for God? Am I growing in my faith for God? Do I respond immediately when God speaks to me? Do I spend time in prayer daily? Do I read and memorize the scriptures? See, if these words don't represent you, if you can't answer those questions affirmatively, then I would just say to you, you're not living with the mind of Christ. And in this messed up world, if you don't have the mind of Christ, you're in a real, real mess. 
So how do I live with the mind of Christ? How do I make sure I have that? Well, Paul deals with that in the verses that we read. First, we've got to recognize the inadequacy of our natural mind. We have to recognize the inadequacy of our natural mind. Say that word with me. Say natural. Listen to verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are a folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man. Some of your translations say for that word, the spiritual man. But the better word is the natural man because it's referring to who we are apart from God. Apart from God, I'm nothing but a natural person. The only other time in the New Testament this is used is in Jude 19. In this little book of Jude, in the 19th verse, it says this, It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, and that word worldly is the same world that's translated natural or spiritual or unspiritual. So it's worldly people devoid of the Spirit. So if I don't have the Spirit of God in me, I'm the natural man. So now let's go way back to the beginning and think about how God created us. Remember how God created you. God created you to represent him by living responsibly for him and walking in right relationship with him. We go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. He created Adam and Eve to represent him. God created man in his what? Image. We are image bearers. So you were created to bear the image of God by representing him in this world. You do that by living responsibly. There are certain things he wants you to do that let others say, hey, that's one of God's. And so in Antioch, those who followed Christ were first called Christians. They were like the little Jesuses. They were the little Christ because they looked like Jesus, because they were living responsibly. How in the world they did, did they do that? They did that because they were walking in right relationship with him. If any of that breaks down, you're in a mess and you've got a messed up life. If you're not walking in right relationship with him, guess what? You're not going to live responsibly and you're not representing him well. And some of you today, your life is messed up because you're not in right relationship with God. Remember, your vertical relationship's not right. And so your horizontal relationships are in trouble. You're not in right relationship with God. You're not living responsibly. Your activities, your actions, your attitudes, they don't represent him. And, and, And so as a result, you look like what the Bible calls the natural person. See, in the garden, God's intent was broken. When we sinned, we broke that relationship with God. We failed to bear his image accurately, and we failed to do that which we were created to do responsibly. And we know that when we look in the Bible to see how man was created. The Bible says that man was created to have three parts, body, soul, spirit. Say those three things, body, soul, spirit. Your body is your physical being. All of us have different bodies, but these bodies wear out, right? One day, these bodies will die. These bodies don't last forever. They change. Matter of fact, as crazy as this sounds, from the day we were born, we start dying in the body. You are not your body. Why? Because you live forever. So that means at the core, you are your soul. You're not a body, you're a soul. We know that. Even secularists believe that. Just ask an airplane pilot. When they phone in after the cabin is full and they've taken off, they'll say, we have 242 souls on board. If there's a plane crash, 
I think this is the same thing at sea, Captain Russ. You'll, you'll hear a captain say, there are so many souls on board. We are a soul. Your soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. But you were also created with spirit. And in the garden, it was the spirit that allowed you to commune with God. And so Adam and Eve, they walked with God and they talked with God. And it was as if God was right there in the flesh with them. And that's how God created you. But when sin entered the world, bam, we lost that spiritual connectivity. And we no longer relate to God in that supernatural way. We relate in the natural way. Your body relates to the physical world. Your soul lasts forever. And that spirit, that spirit relationship is broken. And so the highest way we can relate is the soul. And the soul also has three components. The soul is made up of our ability to have free will, a choice. It's, it's made up of our ability to feel, to experience things. And it's made up of our ability to reason. And in the natural man, if you're just, students, bear with me this is good. If you're just relating on that soul level, you're going to make bad choices and your life's going to be messed up. Think about it. Just choose anything. So um, an immoral relationship outside of marriage. If I'm, if I'm basing it on a soul level, it's, it's my choice. I can do what I want to do. In fact, I do what feels right in the moment. And I come up with all kinds of reasons it's okay. So my marriage gets into trouble. And if I'm relating just on the soul level, then I say, well, I chose to get into this. I can choose to get out of this. I don't feel like I love that person anymore. And I come up with all these reasons to get out of it. When it turns to uh, alcohol or drugs, it can impair my thinking and, and not make me make wise choices. And we know that scientifically. But if it's my soul level that's making those decisions, what am I going to say? Well, it's my choice. I have the right to do pot if I want to smoke pot or drink or do whatever I want to do. It makes me feel better. It makes me forget about the things that are going on. And by the way, I can come up with all kinds of these reasons that do it. Hey, we've just celebrated sanctity of life week in our nation. And the truth is a third of my generation was never born because of abortion. I'm, I'm 48. There's a lot of us that were never born. And so if I look at that decision about the sanctity of life from a soul level, what do I say? Well, I'm pro-choice. I have the choice to do what I want to do because I feel like this is going to inconvenience me. And there are all kinds of reasons that will mess up my life. Do you, do you understand how this screws up our thinking? Let me pause right there because I always want to speak to this whenever I talk about this issue. This is a church where you're going to hear us value life from the womb to the tomb, by the way, and, and for those that are blessed and for those that are distressed. And so we're going to speak to that as I just did. But I also know every time I speak, probably a third of the ladies in my audience have experienced the pain and the agony of, of abortion and just the difficulty, uh, whether that was a choice you made consciously or you felt like you were forced into it. You've now walked with the regret and the, the hurt of that. I want to remind you of what I read just this morning from the Psalms, that our God is a gracious God that's slow to anger. He's full of mercy. And I'm so thankful that regardless of what my sin is, he's willing to take it when I confess it and repent of it and separate it as far as the east is from the west, which again reminds me, thank you, Jesus. The ground is level at the foot of the cross, no matter what my sin was. Well, everything is affected if I'm in that natural man. 
It messes with the way I think about everything. And so the first step to having the mind of Christ is discovering, am I still living in the natural man or am I living supernaturally by the grace of Jesus? Have I recognized the inadequacy of my natural mind? So let me ask that another way that you can just write this down and take it with you. Do you know what you don't know? Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. I heard about this doctor who went to Europe years ago and he... Dr. Sappenfeld, he went into a, a hospital and he saw some initials and he said, I, I understand SF, that's scarlet fever. I, I, I understand a TB, that's tuberculosis. I, I understand D, that's for diphtheria. But what in the world does those other initials, a G-O-K, what does that stand for? And the nurse just said, there's something that God only knows. And so I've got to come to the place where I understand there's some things that God only knows. And when I do, when I do that, then there's another thing I must do. I must receive the gift of the Savior. And we talk about this every week at our church, so I don't want to spend a lot of time here. But Paul refers in verse 6 to those who are mature. How did they get mature? They got it. They understood. Um, What did they understood? They understood they needed a Savior. That they couldn't do it on their own because they were inadequate, so they trusted what Jesus done. That's the heart of the gospel. Apart from Jesus, your sins not only separate you from him, it makes you worthy of punishment. Your sin will have to be punishment. You've punished. You've got a choice. You can allow yourself to accept the punishment that Jesus has already taken on the cross. Are you going to say, I roll the dice, I'll take my chances, I'm going to take the punishment. When I receive the gift of salvation from Jesus... What I'm saying is, Jesus, I accept what you did on the cross. So does that mean if I'm a mature, that I know everything I need to know as a Christian? No. Remember, there's three stages. I was saved. I'm being saved. I will be saved. When I was saved, what do we call that? Justification. This is the third week. Next week, I expect you to get it. When we were, when we were saved, what do we call that? Justification. Justification. God made it just as if I've never sinned. From that moment forward, when God looks at me, he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, because that's been applied to me. That's justification. I was saved. I'm being saved. What do we call that? That's sanctification. So that's where I'm in that process. He considers me a saint. I'm mature, but what I know is I don't know all I need to know. So I'm maturing. One day I'll be glorified. That's glorification. One day I'll be with him face to face. My question for you today is, have you received the gift of the Savior? Because if you have, then you've got to understand the third thing, and we're going to wrap this up. We have to rely on God's indwelling spirit. We have to rely on God's indwelling spirit. 
Verse 12 puts it this way. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we might understand all the things freely given to us. Remember what we're wanting to know. I want to know what God knows. I want to know what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has imagined. I want the mind of Christ. How do I get that? The spirit of God. And the Bible says, don't miss this. Oh, don't miss this. The Bible says, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've received the gift of salvation, the spirit of God has indwelled you. So live your life relying on the spirit of God. The spirit of God is not something you have to long for. It's not something you have to acquire at some place in your spiritual journey where you've climbed a spiritual ladder or you've done a certain thing or you've prayed, oh God, help me to have the gift of the spirit or you've prayed in a certain language called tongues or something. God, give me that. No, that's not biblical. The Bible says the spirit of God begins in your your life when you begin a relationship with him. Prove it, pastor. Glad you asked. First Corinthians 12, 13, for in one spirit we were baptized into one body jews or greeks slaves or free and all say all not those that just went to a certain label of church not those that just prayed in a certain way not those that just did a certain list of do's and don'ts but all were made to drink of the one spirit and then he puts it even more clear in ephesians chapter one when he says in him and who do you think him is Jesus, when you're in Jesus also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed in him, that's a moment of salvation where you receive the gift of the Savior. When that happened, you were sealed, bam, with the spirit of God. It happened instantly. Now, guess what? Do we leak? Yes, we leak. That's why we sing songs like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Or in the traditional service, we sing uh, uh, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. Because we recognize that the worldliness, we're constantly battling that. And we want to be filled with God's Spirit. As Paul says in Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit of God, not with wine. But we recognize that we have the indwelling Spirit of God in our lives. And if we don't, we need to recognize that too. So listen to this because I'm going to read a verse. And it's going to be a wake-up call for somebody here. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, you, so listen, this may be you. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. When I went through that long list of the mind of Christ, if none of those things ever reflect your life, the evidence would indicate you've never really begun a relationship with Jesus. You've never really received the gift of salvation. And you need to back up to that step. Step number one or step number two, either recognize how inadequate you are and receive his gift or just receive his gift if you already know that. But if you have that gift of salvation, start relying on the spirit of God and walking with the mind of Christ. Because when you begin a relationship with Christ, you receive the spirit of God and you're able to live with the mind of Christ and that changes everything. You see things differently. And so you see what eyes haven't seen. You hear what ears haven't heard. You begin to imagine what minds have not imagined. Why? I'm glad you asked. That's how he concludes it. Verse 15, the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one for he has understood the mind of the Lord. We have the mind of Christ. 
When you have the mind of Christ, you know what it says? He's able to judge all things. A word literally means appraise. He's able to appraise or evaluate or discern. You have discernment, so you look at things and you say, no, I got to get away from that. Students, it's just like Pastor Jeff was telling you all week. It's understanding, hey, there's some people, there's some relationship, there's some places I stay away from. Why? Because the mind of Christ in me, the spirit of God in me discerns and says, whoa, don't go there. I have the mind of Christ. I'm, I'm able to discern. But then it says something else when it says, and then you won't be judged. Now we know we're accountable to God, but what does that mean? <sighs> this is so when I am filled with the spirit of God and living according to the mind of Christ, I don't care what anybody else thinks. So if I'm Martin Luther King, I think it's all right to have nonviolent demonstration of standing up for right because right is always right. Even if the law says it's wrong. That means if I'm a Christian in Egypt and I'm persecuted for my faith, I take up my cross and follow Jesus daily because I recognize that even if they say it's wrong, the mind of Christ tells me it's right. And how do I know that? (sighs) Because the spirit of the living God is living in me. So this week I went on a daddy-daughter date. We went to Builder Bear Workshop. It was a lot of fun. So Anaya, she she made a little pink bear. If you haven't been in there, it's all these empty bears, and you stuff them and put a heart inside. She picked out her heart, and she kissed the heart so the bear would know she loved him. And then she, uh, or her, and then she uh, she put the heart next to her ear so the bear would listen to her and just some other things like that. Then she, she got to make a sound for the bear. And so this is what she chose. Adalia, have a great day. Love you so much. <laughs> she didn't say, aw. Yeah, that was really sweet. And she loves this little bear. In fact, we had a little disagreement this morning because she didn't want me to bring the bear to church. Um, <laughs> but the... Uh, the bear used to look like this. But it's created to look like this. But it used to look like this. It looks like this because it got filled with the right stuff. And some of you were created to look one way. In fact, you may not even know it because your eye hasn't seen it and your ear hasn't heard it and your mind hasn't even imagined what God began to create you to look like. But you're filling your life with the wrong stuff. And so you say, well, I I think I can take a little bit of the knowledge of this world and that'll be enough stuff for me. And if I just had the power of this world... That stuff would make me happy. And man, if I have a relationship with this person or had sexual relationships with this person, then man, my needs would be met and that's the right stuff. Or if I drank this and put this in my body, uh-oh, trying to help her sister there. Um, 
if I get caught up in these habits and if I let these hurts affect me and if these hang-ups begin to ruin my life, maybe that stuff will help me. And it never will. Because this girl is never going to look like this girl. And she's not going to do what she's created to do. Because I'm pretty sure you don't want me throwing this one out your way. You got to ask the question today what are you filled with? Are you walking with the mind of Christ? The only way to keep the mind of Christ in this messed up world is to be filled with the Spirit of God and rely on His presence on a daily basis. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.